A lot to talk about today on the College Football Daily. Good morning. It is Wednesday, December 29th. My name is Trey Scott. I'm joined right now by Brandon Marcello, National College Football Reporter for 24-7 Sports. Brandon, we're just going to jump right into it. No, no intro, no nothing like that. The thing I want to talk about with you is just sort of like where we're at with bowl season. And there's feels like there's some negativity and I'm a little bit blue. You know, my experience today, as, as we record this on a Tuesday afternoon, I, I spent seven to eight hours in the car, get home, pull up my phone and bam, holiday bowls canceled. Uh, UCLA pulling the plug on, 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 on that thing a few hours before kickoff. And you've got NC state players tweeting that they skip Christmas, which is true to prepare for a bowl game. They don't get to play in and you know, like there were more opt-outs on Monday night from the Rose Bowl with a ton of Ohio State players. And I, I just wanted to kind of have you on and just talk about the state of the bowl season and where we're at and sort of do an emotional checkup on that. And, and maybe um, you can walk me off a ledge or, or tell me why things can get better and will get better. And yeah, so I just threw a ton on your plate and, and take it from there and we'll kind of get into it. Yeah, it's terrible because if if let's say bowl season didn't start for like another two weeks i don't think we'd be having this conversation because we're going through a period here where you know i'm not a scientist obviously but with this omicron variant it's it spreads faster and it's affecting more people as a result so more people are testing positive for this and of course with contact tracing that affects even more people within these football programs and the issue is is that you know the cdc has recognized that it certainly seems like in the early goings that this this variant at least doesn't seem to be as dangerous as past variants. So they have started to cut in half the recommendation for isolation periods for these people who get infected. So we're going from 10 days to five days, which is a huge difference. But the problem is, is that just now happened this week on a Monday it happened. And so just because the CDC accepts those guidelines and starts pushing it down the line doesn't mean that these conferences, these teams, universities are going to accept it right away. Having said that, the ACC, which has probably been more affected than anybody by COVID because of these with these bowls, they've adopted the situation where, okay, we're going from 10 to five days with isolation and everything, but more conferences have got to jump on board with that. And until that happens, you're going to see more things like this, more people being being infected, the isolation periods overlapping with other people getting infected. And obviously that's going to hurt them when they try to get, you know, as many players as they can out on the field and hit those roster minimum requirements. So I would say that if every conference had, you know, uh, had these guidelines, say a week or two ago, I'm not so sure we would have as of right now, as we record this seven bowl games affected, five of them canceled and two of them being played with replacement teams. I don't, I think that number probably would be cut in half at least with a shorter isolation period, because you're even seeing it now, you know, for example, in a small case study at Georgia, you got JT Daniels and George Pickens rejoining their team in Miami, but before the Orange Bowl, after being in, in uh, quarantine isolation. So it's just bad timing because we're kind of in a period of transition here with COVID, so to speak, as far as these isolation periods and these guidelines. And it would be great if this transition, so to speak, you know, would, would be happening two weeks earlier, but it's not. And it just so happens to be happening right in the heart of bowl season. And these bowl games are getting affected, sadly. The timing's as you mentioned, it's um, I think feel like there's a cloud hanging over everything. I think bowl season traditionally has a hard time ramping back up after the, the extended time away from the end of the regular season until until the start of the bowl season. And that's something I guess we could we could get into. Feels like it, it takes time for us to spread the word and us, I mean just the college football media community 
at large that there are bowl games happening. Everyone, of course, Brandon checks in. They know New Year's Day is a day that they're going to be watching college football. But, you know, there's been bowl games on for, for the last week and people might not know that and, and might not be used to that. And I don't mean the people whose teams are playing, but just the, the general college football fan. So that's that's been a little tough. And then you have, you know, it feels like 2020 all over again with the cancellations can come left. You know, they can come, as we saw Tuesday afternoon, hours before the game. Do you think that with opt-outs becoming a, a big trend too, do you think we're, we're ever going to be in store and by ever, let's maybe like five to 10 year window here, this window, this it be in store for some like serious changes to the bowl calendar, especially, especially as the, the playoff expands as well. Cause it just, it just feels like we can't, we can't keep doing this, especially if we're going to have opt-outs from all of the key players. And then Brandon, of course, opt-outs like Texas A&M after the opt-outs and the COVID it wasn't just COVID, like they had all the opt-outs too, and they they literally just couldn't field a roster. Yeah, it's a big question. And personally, I, I think that one way to curb it, I don't think it would automatically stop it, would be to actually enter into some type of pay-for-play agreement with the bowls among players of the participating teams. You're asking them to play an extra game uh, in this season. You're asking them to stay around campus during the holidays when they could be home, one, training, but two, more importantly, spending time with their family and getting a much-needed break after working nonstop. And um, I think we're probably heading that direction. I mean, you've already started to hear some rumblings from players talking about that, about wanting schools to pay them, that NIL is not enough, scholarships are not enough. And I think when we get into this era of, one, an expanded playoff potentially, which is going to happen, where you're asking players to play play two, three more games a season. Yes, you're competing for a championship. Yes, there's a lot of motivation in that. But you're also asking these players to play more games when they could be doing other things like preparing for the NFL draft, looking at their future, or heck, we forget this, but also concentrate on finals and going into a spring semester. But I think that the next step forward personally is there needs to be some type of pay for play system in place among these bowl games and with these players. They, they can't just go, hey, we're a bowl game. We're making a lot of money and uh, you don't get any of it and you get to you have to work in a month straight to get ready for it pretty much and the only thing you get out of it is a quote-unquote experience that's not going to work and fly these days with the nil and so much money flying around i mean listen espn and other networks primarily espn they have created bowl games to be television events and to make money that's all that is it's not to make a game to be an experience for players and to bring a lot of you know fans into a town some of these bowl games especially the ones early in the bowl season they're tv events they could go play them at a high school stadium they wouldn't care because it's a tv event it's live programming it's content it's going to be a ratings grab it's going to outdraw most nba games at that time because it's college football that's much more popular so listen it's easy to recognize that there needs to be something worked out there and i think that is the next step if you want to curb some of these opt-outs these players are probably kind of on the fence about it you need to start paying them having some type of deal in place for all these players who participate and um, otherwise, I think these opt-outs will continue until the playoff expands. And then we won't see as many opt-outs with the playoff expanding, but you're still going to see a lot of opt-outs with these mid-tier bowl games like we're seeing right now. Yeah, I saw Darren Ravel tweeted that the Duke's Mayo, uh, Duke's Mayo is offering 5000 for a player on the winning team of the Duke's Mayo Bowl between North Carolina and South Carolina to help promote the bowl into the offseason. What's funny, though, is that $5,000 in the age of NIL, yeah. um, it's not certainly nothing to sneeze at, but it might, it might be a drop in the bucket. And, and then you think about a guy like a Garrett Wilson, like that's... 
you know, he, that's not even, he's, he's not going to play in a bowl game for $5,000 um, when, when the NFL millions are on the, um, you know, on the horizon. So then you're like, how much money are we talking here? And look, you bring up pay for play. Yeah. You like pay the players and, and that's awesome. And I, I'm a, I'm a fan of that idea, but, but then they, they become employees technically. And then, you know, what happens when we want to skip work, you know, can they, can they file PTO on a bowl game week? Like, so, you know, yeah. t- tons of, tons of issues there. You make um, them cut, you make them contractors only for the bowl games. And that's an agreement between the bowl game and the player. So it's not between school and player. I think there's a way to not necessarily work around. I'm not a law guy, of course, a law guy, a lawyer, but it, it, yeah. Uh, but I guess that that would maybe be a little bit of a loop loophole in that. I, there's a way to do this, I think, to, to, to help improve things. You talk to a lot of coaches. What do they think about the opt-outs if the uh, if they're talking to you um, off the record? They're more relaxed with it now than they were two, three years ago, especially with COVID going on right now, because a lot of them are just kind of more, they're more worried about that, about players, you know, having to be isolated and everything when it comes to bowl preparation. But listen, I mean, they, they still don't like it, but it's become the new norm, just like the, the transfer portal and everything. They're having to deal with it. It's a numbers game, but they understand that it's such a complex equation and always changing that there's really no way to really figure it out. There's no perfect science to figure that out. And you kind of just have to go with it. And, you know, it is what it is. All right. So I'm looking at, let's, let's switch gears a little bit more. You were texting me. I was, I was telling you like, Hey, this is, I'm just really not loving the bowl season right now. And what'd you say? You said we, we have a few days to salvage it. You know, yeah. I'm looking at the Wednesday schedule because that's when this episode drops. And you look at you. It was originally four bowl games, and then the Wasabi Fenway Bowl has been canceled. The SMU Virginia contest. So right now, as things stand, we've got Maryland Virginia Tech in the Pinstripe Bowl, Clemson Iowa State in the Cheez It Bowl, Oregon Oklahoma in the Alamo Bowl. On Thursday, you've got a full, uh, full so far four game slate uh, that includes uh, the Peach Bowl, and uh, and then on Friday, of course, is is New Year's Eve. So Brandon, your hope then, and I'm all on board with this, is that in three days time, we don't really care that we lost the holiday bowl because we're watching the semifinals. Yeah, hopefully so. The, the holiday bowl, the holiday bowl, to be quite honest, was something I was looking forward to. I thought NC State was going to win that much more physical and they were going to get to 10 wins. And, you know, quickly on that, I mean, you see, for example, their players are out there, you know, tweeting about this. I mean, they, they had to go across this country to San Diego in four or five hours before the game. The game's canceled. And Porter Rooks, one of the receivers at NC State, said, hey, my entire family flew across the country to watch me play. And I practiced for a month. And I had to work and practice and spend my Christmas away from home. And now this is happening. It's crazy. So anyway, these next few days, yes, an opportunity to salvage it. But then you have to start looking at, at opt-outs and maybe even players that we don't even know about. They're not going to be available because of COVID issues. And so you mentioned Clemson, Iowa State. That's one I've had circled on the calendar. But Brees Hall isn't playing. He, he's he's opted out. Um, I have him number four on my list. I had a, a list of most impactful opt-outs going into this bowl season. And Brees Hall was number four in my top five, right behind Kenneth Walker III, who in that Peach Bowl coming up on New Year's Day, we're, we're not going to be able to watch either for me. Michigan State. So listen, there's still a lot of talent out there. Some of these games, but man, there's just some big time players are going to be missing out there. Whether it's you know Isaiah Spiller with Texas A&M, but then their team gets can't dying to be able to play to get canceled. But Traylon Burks, who I thought was an All American type, did receiver, he opt out? He opted out. Oh man, uh, Penn, Penn State had. I mean, Penn, Jahan Dotson opted out yes. for that game too. That game is going to be lacking star power in a game that would have probably three names that people kind of know household, and they're all they're all out. You know, David Bell with Purdue, of course. Mm-hmm. You know, and then just a couple of days ago, Nevada, which got blown out, would not have gotten blown out 
if they had Carson Strong, their amazing quarterback out there, but he opted out. And of course, listen, mission mentioned the Peach Bowl. Pitt, Kenny Pickett's out. He's he's opted out. You know, the Heisman, the guy everybody was pushing for the Heisman, Johnny United's Golden Arm Award winner, four thousand three hundred plus yards passing, forty-two touchdowns, not playing in that Peach Bowl, which goodness gracious, Kenneth Walker the third going against Kenny, uh, the Kenny Bowl and Neither of them are playing, but but some strong competition out there. I hate to say it, but it's just this bowl season just doesn't have... If this was three years ago, we would not be dealing with all these big names opting out. And this would be a really, really interesting bowl season. But because of names opting out and of course this COVID, it's it's really diminished some of these games. And we'll see. We'll wait until they get played. I Listen, I watch practically every single bowl game if I can. I mean, I just came in from a jog. I had... YouTube TV pulled up on my phone and I was holding it in front of my face as I was jogging to watch. For, for Air Force Louisville? Yes, for Air Force wow. Louisville. I, I, I Listen, I love football. I mean, we all do. Everybody listening to this does. And I want to watch it while I can because it's going to be gone in, in a couple of weeks. I know. I know. Yeah. And, and Brandon, to your point, and we knew this would happen, but the 2020 season, it normalized opt-out. And Ugh. so now we don't even blink. And to your, to, again, to your point, we're going to have to figure out a way to to fix it in a way that makes sense for every party involved and pay for play probably is is the move there and then of course i i really think that there has to be a serious conversation about what we're doing and what we want from bowl season i'm right. i'm all for all the bowls in the world I, let's i'm all for it i don't care if a five and seven team has to make a bowl game that's great that's it's another bowl game for me but i think the calendar could use some work i think this layoff could use some work i think I'm not, you know, calling out ESPN or anything, but I think as, as the rights holder for bowl season, I'd love to see college football discussed on get up or first take or PTI or anything like that. You know, right. there's, there's pockets of it, but there's not, so. there's a, there, there's a sense there's of, yeah. there's just a sense of, we got to focus on the end game, which is the playoff, which is the money maker. which listen, a lot of networks, television networks, they always focus on, you know, sweeps week or sweeps month or whatever, like in February, they always go toward that because that's when you get your advertising dollars. And that's kind of gotten into the bowl season. And I think that maybe one way for this to be fixed, but it won't be fixed because it is what it is. Again, I'm not a quote unquote law guy or lawyer, but you know, ESPN's got a monopoly pretty much on uh, I mean the vast majority of the bowl season and when you and you're owning and running games you've got so much content and it's just about putting stuff out there so you have three hours of live content to really grab ratings and sell ads but we're not seeing a focus on individual bowl games like we used to 15 20 years ago and especially 30 years ago because ESPN has everything and secondly it's just become like second fiddle to just selling the ads and and getting product on the on there and then only selling three or four hours and we're not seeing, I hate to say it, but just we need to celebrate the sport more when we're going into a postseason and look at the traditions of these games. Hardly, I mean, listen, we never hear about on TV or see old clips of, say, the Liberty Bowl. There's been some amazing Liberty Bowl, Bowl games in the 80s, and we never hear about them. Like, SEC network, ACC network, you know, Pac-12 network. Why aren't we seeing like old school games on there heading into a Liberty Bowl? You know, the day, the night before, showing, celebrating the Liberty Bowl and stuff like that. And that's just one game. I'm talking about. There are really historic bowl games out there that have just become midweek, midday mm-hmm. exhibitions, and that's not what they are, and that's not what they were. And we need to get back to that. Tap into the tradition. That's all you got to do to kind of. If you want to up the importance of a game today, 
tap into the past. That's all you have to do. And ESPN and these networks, they have all that footage in their in their archives. Go get it. And I would also say that if you want these players to care about playing in the bowl game, you have to make it seem like it's important. So it's one thing for us to write about these games that we're excited about, but we don't have the reach of the guys up on Get Up or First Take or whatever. But you know, if Stephen A. Smith starts talking about the PlayStation Fiesta Bowl, you know, maybe uh Maybe maybe one of the guys thinking about opting out wants to play in there. Brandon, last question for you. Uh, we'll let you go. Who will be playing in the national championship game on Monday, January 10th? Oh, my gosh. Uh, I'll say Georgia-Alabama. I think it'll be a rematch, and it's very difficult for a team to beat any team two times. And uh, I think Georgia, talking to some coaches around Georgia and also some some people involved in game planning, they realize what they the mistakes they made on defense, particularly with the scheme that they designed for it. And I think Georgia will come out on top against Alabama as as we stand today. But keep an eye on not opt outs, but keep an eye on the COVID protocols that that could have a big effect going into obviously these semis and the national championship. Yeah, that COVID stuff's got me feeling, uh, and the 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 lack of the JT Daniels multi week availability has got me thinking that yes. Alabama beats Michigan. In the playoff or in the playoff Ooh. national championship, dude. Yeah, so. And listen, hey, I'm for it. The further Michigan goes, the happier I am because "Hail to the Victors" is the best fight song on the planet. Yeah, yeah, and and maybe the best that winged helmet. It, it's up there too. So, all right, Brandon, good stuff, man. We appreciate you. Go follow Brandon on Twitter at the Marcelo. My name is Trey Scott. Our producer is Lance Glenn. Have a great Wednesday. Hope it was a full bowl slate, and we'll talk to you on Thursday for the next edition of the College Football Daily. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts.